Just a minute. The scripture reading that um, is in your bulletins is actually something I'm going to be uh, using in, within the sermon, so you can listen for it when that time comes up. There is no security like that which love provides. There is no security like that which love provides. That's true for man and beast, right? And we're going to start tonight with a couple of examples from the beast category. Our, we have two beasts living in our house in Carver. And one is Opie, and he is our cat, and the other one is Babe, and she is our dog. And try as I might, I just cannot get my wife, Susan, right here, Susan's right here, to stop from treating them like little babies, you know, with the little voice, oh, you know, kind of stuff going on. And Opie gets all kinds of attention, the cat. She calls him Mr. Opes, Mr. Opes, or her favorite little kitty boy, she says. He gets fed the best cat food in town. He gets petted, his ears get rubbed, he gets kisses on the top of his head. He's a happy cat. And then there's Babe, the pepperoni pup. There's a whole story about that, I'll tell you someday. The pup we love up, the honey pup, the sweet little doggy girl. And Babe gets top-notch food as well. Expensive treats, belly rubs, hugs and kisses. You name it, Susan spoils the beasts in our house. Well... Uh, I feel a little uncomfortable because she's looking at me a little bit like, are you going to tell the truth now about who spoils them? You know? Well, I guess, is it bad form to lie from the pulpit on Christmas Eve to your congregation? I, I suppose it is. So, all right. So maybe I am also guilty or maybe even more guilty of treating our pets as good as we treated our two kids who are now grown. And if they were here, they would say, you treat the pets better than you treated us when we were kids. But they're so darn cute, you know? Someday you'll have to come over and meet our little furry pals. Anyway, the point is, the point is that those pets know they are loved. They know they are loved. And with that love comes a security. For Opie, the kitty boy, that means that he will always get his treats. He will always be treated very well and loved up, no matter how many things he knocks off the counter onto the floor to shatter on the floor. You know, no matter how many sets of furniture he puts us through with the claws on the corner of the furniture, he'll always be loved. For Babe, the pup we love up, Living in our love means no matter how many time out she's earned during the day, at the end of the day, she will always have a place up in our bed, down at the foot of the bed, snuggled up to mom and dad. And more importantly, she will get her snacks and she will get those belly rubs. There is no security like that which love provides. It's true for pets. And it's, more importantly, it's true for human beings, isn't it? For you and for me. 
It plays out in our families. It plays out in our relationships. Studies have shown, you know, that children who grow up in a home where mom and dad love each other and love them dearly, they tend to be a little bit more secure and a little more confident, a little more willing to step out of their comfort zones and try new things. And when it comes time to leave the nest and venture out on their own, that big footstep that goes out the door towards independence, you know, it's a little easier to take for them because they know that that love that they've had all along has anchored them and it is still there and they are still loved. Similar results can also happen if you have a single, single uh, adult living in the home with the children. That's not so much it. It's, it's just it's a little harder to do, isn't it? Because you've got to really focus, you've got to really work at that. But it's worth it because there are kids and the kids need to feel secure. And there is no security like that which love provides. And this also applies to us in marriage. When you know your spouse loves you deeply, when you know he or she loves you sacrificially and forever, when your husband or wife believes in you and is your biggest cheerleader, then in the security of that love, you blossom as a person. Both of you blossom as a person. And your marriage grows and blossoms as well. And it makes sense because there is no security like that which love provides. Sounds right, doesn't it? Are you awake? <laughs> Woohoo! I know it's late, but you know. Okay, <clears throat> now we're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to take this thing to another level, a higher level, a much higher level. So suppose, just for a few minutes here, don't get carried away with this, but suppose, just for a few minutes, suppose you are God. Okay? Suppose you are God. And from the heights of heaven, you look down and you see all of your children. I went on the computer and looked, and you have 7.8 billion children, by the way, right now. Thereabouts. Each one of them, each one of them is precious in your sight. Each one of them is the apple of your eye. But there's a problem. There's a, a big problem. Every single person to a person down on earth is fatally flawed. Every single one is inflicted with a sinful nature that produces an insecurity that they cannot overcome on their own. And so their lives are marked by brokenness and, and pain and struggle and trouble. So much so that your children are not able to experience the kind of life you as God had in mind for them from the beginning. To experience the things that you offer like peace and hope and joy and comfort and the security of your love. So if you are God, what are you going to do about it? You've got all kinds of options, right? You're God, after all. <clears throat> you want to see them live. You want to see them live, not just survive. You want to see them live abundantly, the scriptures tell us. You want them to realize their full potential, right? And so that they can go off and, and, and live their lives to the glory of God. You want to <clears throat> let them know that you will always be there for them, no matter what 
so that they can rely on the security found in your love, the love that you, God, provide. So, so what do you do? So what are you going to do to make that happen? Well, you could call out in a loud voice so that everybody on the earth heard it all at the same time in their own languages. Hi, I'm God. I love you. Well, that might stop a few people in their tracks, but then they'll probably sort of move on. So what else could you do? How about Twitter or texting or email? You could do that same kind of a message. Hi, I'm God and I love you. Or you could do something that we tend to do in Methodist churches. You could form a committee. And, and you could start to study this whole thing, you know? And then, and then you, could, you could have that committee form a task force, right? Never mind. You're not interested in that, I can tell. Probably none of those options would touch people's hearts and minds in the way that you know, you know as God, that is necessary if you're going to be able to convey to them your love and the security that is found in it. Maybe, just maybe, the best thing that you can do would be to make a personal appearance. Maybe, huh? Not, not a quick, you know, two-hour meet-and-greet like you do in the business world kind of a thing. Not that kind of an appearance. I'm talking about coming down from heaven in the form of a baby, living in a modest, working-class family and going to worship with your neighbors, getting a job maybe as a carpenter, and then with a first-hand understanding of the human condition, you could be one heck of a traveling preacher, couldn't you? You could be a great preacher, a great teacher. You could be a great healer that people would they'd learn from the scriptures in ways they never did before because you would illuminate it for them. And more importantly, they could experience your love for them firsthand like they'd never had happen before. And that love would help them to feel secure. Secure to the very depths of their beings like they have never been before. Insecurities, fears, they would no longer bind people from living the lives that you, God, had planned for them before the foundations of the earth were set in place. And to be sure people could understand that nothing could ever stand between you and them, you could pay the price for their sin, maybe at a cross, and then rise from the dead and open the gates of heaven so that everyone that believes in you and follows you will end up in heaven right there. Better still than you coming, though, how about, how about you send your only son, your only son to do this work that we have just talked about? How much richer would that be an experience? Because people could relate to God sending his own, own son because we're... You'd be sending your son out to sons and daughters, right? Who have sons and daughters. There would be a connection there that would be powerful for them. That might just work. You think so? So if you were God just for a minute or two, would you do it? Of course you'd do it, right? You would do it. And God did. 2,000 years ago, God did. 
At Christmas 2,000 years ago, you see, the creator joined the creation. At Christmas 2,000 years ago, the divine became human. At Christmas 2,000 years ago, God directly intervened in human history like he never did before and like he has never done since. Or as the hymn writer Christina Rossetti wrote in 1885, love came down at Christmas. And that, my friends, was exactly what we needed, wasn't it? Exactly. And why? Because there is no security, there is no security like that which love provides. And still we humans mess it up, don't we? <laughs> and still we humans, we, in our imperfect state, we get ourselves all caught up in our underwear. That's a theological term you might not understand, so I can talk to you about that after. But we get all caught up in, in ourselves, and we're concerned about, about you know, am I going to have control? Are things going to work out the way I hoped they would? What are people going to think about me? All those issues, all those hang-ups, all those fears. So when Jesus came, God sent angels. Imagine that. Imagine that. God sent angels when Jesus was coming to tell Mary and to tell Joseph and to tell the shepherds and to tell them one theme throughout all three of those presentations. Fear not. Fear not. Do not be afraid, Mary. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you and you will conceive a son and he will be called the Son of God. Fear not, Joseph. It's okay to take Mary as your wife. The child in her womb is of God. She will give birth to a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And then the shepherds got the same message too. Fear not. I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign unto you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And to you and to I tonight, that message comes too. Fear not. Fear not. Do not be afraid, for God has poured out his love for us in Jesus Christ, and God's love is Perfect, my friends, and perfect love casts out what? Fear. Perfect love casts out fear, and God gave us perfect love in Jesus, who is the Christ. Nothing should hold us back. Nothing should hold us back from accepting Jesus Christ as our Savior in our hearts, because that's God's plan for us. And when we have accepted Christ's forgiveness and opened our hearts and our minds to him, we should move ahead in the Christian life without fear. Without fear. The Apostle Paul encourages us to do that because he knows the fears. He, he's, he's experienced them himself. He sees them in other people. And he's writing in chapter 8 to the church at Rome, the Christians at Rome, and really to Christians everywhere, right down to us today. And he writes these words, he says, If God is with us, then who can be against us? 
right? I like to say, if God is with, with us, who on earth could possibly matter being against us if God is with us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also, along with Jesus, give us all things? Who shall separate us from the love of Jesus Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or the sword? No, no, he says, no, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us, who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor powers, nor any height or any depth nor anything else in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Isn't that great stuff? You see, there really is no security like that which love provides. And there is no love like the love of God that was offered to us in Jesus, who is the Christ. So, my friends, this evening, <clears throat> from this point forward, here's what I want us to do. Fear not. Don't stumble over that. Fear not. God loves you, and nothing can stop God's love. So live out the gift of life that God has given to you. And do it in a way that brings glory to God. Let the spirit that dwells within you, that comes when you receive Christ, let that spirit push you to new things to experience life to the full, to love your neighbor as yourself. Live in the love, my friends. Live in the love. Live in the perfect love of God, in that divine security that only God's love through Christ makes possible. Amen. Let's pray, shall we? Oh God, we come before you tonight and we so much want to live the life that you call us to and, and we get all bogged down. We ask that you would help us to remember the message that you have given to us tonight through your word in the Bible um, and from our time together. That each day as we get up and we uh, start a new day, we inquire of you, what is it you would have me to do today? How is it that you would have me live? What kind of an attitude, what kind of an approach should I have with the people that I will encounter, that you will put in my path today? Because I want to live to your glory. I know that I have nothing to fear, for you, O oh God, love me completely. Help me to do just that. In Christ's name, amen.